We made it. I can't hear you. Let me see if my uh, there we go. Right. What's up, bro? What's going on? Man, just sitting around doing a lot of this, filming lectures and podcasts. Oh yeah. Yeah. What about you, man? I uh, just um making plans, filming videos, and um, getting my schoolwork done. Yeah, I know, right? You're taking classes all online, huh? Well, now I am. One was already online, but now it seems like I can just, like, work through them at my own pace and just finish the semester early if I, if I need to. Yeah, I've had a couple of students that are already done. Mm-hmm in the classes I teach. Um, how many classes are you taking? I just took six hours. Nice. It feels like if I rush through them, I won't have anything else to, to do around the house, though. I know, man. When do you think they're going to let us go back to, you know, doing what we do? Mm, I'm, I'm hoping it's – I'd like to see it in May like they're talking about. Boom. Me too, dude. Yeah. Me too. Even, even if it's – even if it's limited capacity, it would be nice to go back and, you know, have work. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, man, there are some inconsistencies of just like, okay, so like we can't offer our services, but um, churches have never been mandated to close down in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Wicker stores deemed essential. Dude, the parking lot at Lowe's looks like there's a a Black Friday sale going on. Yeah, I've I've noticed that. I've the times I've gone out to like shop or go to a grocery store or anything, like sometimes we just drive around and look at the parking lots, and I'm like, what? Why are people there? I mean, why do what do they have to do there? I think it's because they have a lot of free time at home, so they catch up on projects. <laughs> Yeah, man, I guess I should give up my my profession as a martial arts uh, academy owner and a college professor because, dude, I've been deemed twice unessential by the government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Did you ever think you'd see a day like that? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I didn't think – you can't imagine how it would go down, but – I did imagine something like this happening. Now, I mean, the numbers are not going to stack up to like, now what I was in, envisioning is like, man, we really haven't had a, a true like wipes out a significant percentage of the, of the worldwide population event in yeah. some time, arguably since um, Native American depopulation due to disease through colonization in uh, mm-hmm. the, the spread of disease before that with the with the uh, black death right oh yeah yeah so I was thinking an event like that was gonna happen oh much more extreme yeah so this is not living up to what I was envisioning honestly but I mean is this you know based off the numbers I've seen is this not is this gonna be less worse than um, 
some of the other pandemics we've experienced, like the H1N1 SARS or stuff like that? I don't, just, just my opinion on the whole thing is, is it, I don't, I know they have the classifications of like Corona and the, the virus and things, but this one seems to be, it seems to be humanly smart. If you, if you get what I'm saying, like the other ones acted as normal viruses. This one seems to be specific and, and, a, and a selfish virus to seem where like the replica replicating itself. I mean, is that a virus's job? Is that its function? Or is that consistent with the other viruses? Yeah, man, there are some unique things about it that have been causing me to scratch my head, like the number of asymptomatic people, mm -hmm. right? Like, do you know who Sturgill Simpson is? No. Okay, so this is an interesting thing. I shared this on the page the other day. Well, he's like he's like a he's like a country music singer, but but he kind of rocks too, you know. I don't really listen to country music, but this dude he's dude he's been on Joe Rogan's podcast like maybe three times. The guy was like a railroad worker and then became a famous musician. So, but he's good. You should look into him. He plays more than just like country music that's selling it short. But he had coronavirus, dude. Um, and like what happened is he said he, he got to feeling terrible. What happened? He's on tour in Europe. Then he came for a short leg on the United States and then they shut, shut the tour down. This is like March 7th or March 13th or something. Uh -huh. And then like a few days later, like right when it was starting to like take off, like mid March 15th, 17th, something like that. He goes to the emergency room with some symptoms not feeling good they're like we're not testing you you don't have it you wouldn't have it and so he he gets over his symptoms goes home he gets tested three weeks later at this drive-through testing site test positive his wife has been with him the whole time test negative hmm yeah, what the fuck, man? Crazy. Because <laughs> right it's supposed to be like, like easily spread. The contagious part of it is like that. That's what. That's the weird thing for me. It's like how easily it's spread and it, and it attaches to things and lives. Plus the the idea that it's um, it's a protein surrounded by fat, and it, and it's that symbol of a, like an organism, but yet we have all this technology but you can't figure out uh, some protein surrounded by fat, how to, how to contain it or, or kill it or whatever you do with it, neutralize it. Dude, I just wonder if like somebody already has the patent on the vaccine. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I think is going on. Yeah. Think about it. Like I want to go look into how they developed like the polio vaccine and how that was disseminated to the population. Uh -huh. Because that would be different, but a similar type of event as to what's going on. Like when a vaccine gets developed, how do you avoid it becoming this uh, pharmaceutical craziness that we're seeing now with like the cost of insulin or something like that going on to where it's like, oh, yeah. 
oh, you want a coronavirus shot? Well, that's going to be $3,000 or something crazy like that because um, – and you got to pay to play. Like, what if some pharmaceutical company gets the patent on it? I think that it's much more likely some billionaire like Gates or somebody gets the patent on it and um, works with the government. Dude, Bill Gates has patents on a lot of stuff, and he just resigned as CEO of um, Microsoft. Oh, he did? Yeah. Wow. Let me triple confirm that, bro. I knew there was a lot of CEOs resigning, you know, but I don't always go looking at every post that I see. I just kind of scan over and see the, like, the title, but if it's something that if it's something worth my time, I'll, I'll go down the rabbit hole. He resigned from the board of directors, but he's been phasing out over 20 years, apparently. Mm-hmm. He sat down as the CEO 20 years ago. Six years later, relinquished his chairman of the board position. And then he um, left the board um, this year to spend more time on philanthropic ventures like creating the vaccine for coronavirus. Yeah, he, he owns some company or he's funding some company, I think in England or something like that, that does like research on coronaviruses, vaccines and things. And it, that, I think they're the actual company that holds the pat, uh, one of the patents from 2015. I can't remember the company's name. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well man how um how you been keeping busy during uh during the quarantine same as usual really but i mean it's it, it's my i try and keep my daily schedule here at the house but it's much more harder for me because i find myself um th- this is what i was saying and i was talking to my daughter the other day it's just uh I have to I have to try and keep in the same schedule, but I have to change my whole way of thinking. And that's what gets me because I walk around the house knowing what I need to do and wind up doing something else because everything is so accessible here at the house. So it's it's more it's more daunting to change your way of thinking and do things here as opposed to thinking I got to leave and I got to do, do this on my normal schedule. It's like class time. I was having classes Tuesdays and Thursdays in the morning. Now it's like I can just do them at night at, at, at 10 o'clock, you know, and every day of the week if I want to. Sometimes I'll hit two days or sometimes I'll hit three days or watch two lectures or have, you know, like a double feature in the class. But I don't know. It's just, it's just weird making the change. It is, man. Like, one thing I really liked about when I started, well, I, you know, it was a rough transition at first, but about when I first started teaching is that it did take me out of like an entrepreneurial routine is mm-hmm. different, right? Like it is not as structured. You got to self-motivate and you structure. And I mean, I'll be honest with you, dude. I just never, I mean, my schedule was solely based around what classes I taught at the gym yeah. And whatever else I felt like doing. Like uh-huh. that was it. That was the structure. Then when I started teaching, it was so much more structured because I gotta get up, I gotta go be here for this for six hours, gotta drive back, then gotta go to the gym. Yeah. So but then I wasn't doing much else other than that. But then I restructured like my 
excuse me, my morning routine. And um, now all of that's out the window, right? So like I just had a super, but man, I am still excellent. I'm going to run five miles tomorrow. I'm making it a point to work out. I rode three miles the other morning. Uh, been to, taking tons of walks and uh, we got some hikes and floats planned. I mean, it's really not bad, dude. I'm like really doubling down on a lot of stuff I've been wanting to do. Yeah, that's that's cool. Cause like now I get in the house and I want to go outside, and then for some reason I'm thinking I just can't leave. And I'm like, oh, it's okay to go outside, ride the bike, or walk up the road, you know, just to get the the sunlight, the vitamin B, and things like that. But isn't it you weird? Gotta, you gotta actually make a conscious effort to do it. Isn't it weird that you feel that way, dude? That like you feel like it's not cool to leave? Yeah. Like that we've like that's that's a weird point to come to. Because mm -hmm. I mean I know what you're saying. Like Cora was talking the other day about, and she actually meant um, this uh, this trail that they had built on Nebo. Because we we're talking about oh, yeah. going to hike that. But she said Petty Jean. I was like, uh-uh. There's no way we're but she, she meant she went to Snebo trail we're talking about but I was like there's no way I'm going to Petty Jean there's no way <laughs> yeah so. yeah some of the more more public places because I you know in my normal daily life I don't I don't frequent frequent like a lot of different public places I, I may go to the grocery store or shop or gas but it's I mainly stick to those because a lot of the things that I enjoy doing are just, you know, they're either in the gym or here at the house. <clears throat> but just leaving to go to the gym and having that liberty really interrupts the schedule. Well, being around people at school, I guess I can name that too. But that's not like, it's not for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's not like you go to school the rest of your life. At least I don't. <laughs> Shit, I'm probably going to, man. Uh -huh. <laughs> man, because I am, dude. I, uh, I probably am never going to be satisfied until I get a PhD. I probably still, really? probably still will not be, then be satisfied. I'll probably write books, won't be satisfied. You know how it goes. Oh, yeah. It's uh, like, the, what is it? Self-gratification or what they talk about? It's like... You think you've reached that level, but still you want more. So it's never a level that's really attained by anybody. Okay. So yeah, that. Like, so I was talking to somebody yesterday about this. Like, are you familiar with the concept of chasing the dragon? Mm-hmm. What, like, apply that, that idea to, like, anything. Yeah. Like, self-gratification, for example. Yeah. Like, or jiu-jitsu. Or your jiu-jitsu, like, oh. I just got to reach this like because at a certain point it stops being about belts and it starts being about this other like a higher level of philosophical thinking and technical application and yeah. technical understanding like theory basically but um that chasing the dragon man like that th that idea manifests itself in many things for many people myself included oh. Anyway, because yeah. it is like, uh, you know, it's like the, the gyms. Like, I'm just like, we need a bigger gym. <laughs> yeah. Right? 
Dude, how crazy is it? You remember coming over to work out uh, that one like Sunday afternoon with us when like like Johnny was there, um, like Corey. Oh, Earl, uh, it was in Rustaville at the ba uh, Back to Basics. Caleb came down. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been that's been forever. <laughs> how crazy is it? So that was when we just had got in the back room there, which is now the yoga room mm -hmm. of the gym that we bought. So that, that place always reminded me of like a setup of like a, almost like a church. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like how it, how it turned out for us is we have like a really large room and then the back room where the free weights was like, have you seen pictures and videos and stuff? Mm -hmm. That's fitness kickboxing. Then we, not we expanded the yoga room. The yoga room is um, oh, yeah. bigger than like when we were working out back there. Uh -huh. I see a lot of the like the kickboxing area, and I don't think I I think I've seen the videos of the yoga, but uh, from the video, it's hard to get a feel of the room. But I remember watching the tours when I, I think it was you Accord done the like the video tours of the place. We're gonna make a kind of five to 10 minute gym tour video. Mm -hmm. Bro, guess who I have confirmed for the podcast next Thursday at noon? Caleb? Daniel O'Brien. Who is he? Oh, Which, oh, is bro. that the kickboxer? No, 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 no. Okay, so, dude, I'm excited about this one. That's why I brought it up. Um, so he's the guy that entered the tournament and wore the blindfold. No, I hadn't heard anything about that. Okay, dude. He hit a he hit a ball and chain arm bar viral video in competition on a guy. Blindfolded? No, he wasn't blindfolded when he did that, but oh, okay. he beat he beat everybody in this bite belt division that he entered blindfolded. And then and then Tom DeBlast talked shit about it. So um <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. So uh but but Daniel O'Brien's like like a Hickson proponent. Dude, he's, he's one of the top living active practitioners right now. He's also, uh, and to my knowledge, it's Taekwondo, not karate. But uh, he's also a traditional martial arts white belt, I think, Taekwondo. Wow. But uh, he trains, dude, he trains with BMAC. He trains with Brandon McCatherine. They oh, live really? like, he has long hair, dude. They live like 20 miles apart or something in Alabama. Mm -hmm. You know Johnny Lee Smith? You know who that is? No. A law enforcement training guy? I don't think so. McMillan's trained with him uh, several times. But uh, anyway, so Daniel Bryan's coming on. He's, he's, uh, he, he did uh, like some ADCC qualifiers. He did an EBI. So um, when he comes on, I'm going to talk to him <laughs> about all that stuff. I've probably seen him. If he's done the EBI, I've probably seen him roll it just like – Maybe you just didn't have that, I don't know, or maybe I just wasn't paying attention to the name because you were busy. Sometimes I'll focus on different people, and some of the other names always get, they get washed out just because you got guys like uh, Gordon Ryan and you know, some of the others in there, the bigger names, and you, the focus tends to be on them some of the times. But like when Brandon's, um, when he's narrating the EBIs and things, he points out like the dark horse and different guys that, you know, you need to watch this guy and says a little bit about him. That's why, like, 
him as a like an announcer is because he gives us the scoop on other guys. Man, I gotta. He's on my list to hit up to um, come on the show and do a jujitsu episode, talk and talk about like what it's like getting to uh, commentate these pro jujitsu fights. Oh yeah, that's, 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 cool. a, that's a cool seat to sit in. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was somebody that uh, man, I've been wanting to have him back in for a seminar. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. Now that we're moved and now that we're closed down, like. <laughs> When we come back, I'm just trying to get a big grand opening event out of the way and uh-huh. um, then be able to start having a couple of seminars before the end of the year. Yeah, everybody's on hiatus now, or it feels like you're on hiatus. I mean, I, I do things to keep in shape and, you know, but it's not the same as when your hips don't have that little soreness after class, you know what I mean? Have you been running or anything or biking, hiking? Yeah, I just like doing some imams here around the house. I don't get into running a whole lot just because, you know, I'm, if I'm running somewhere, it's usually I don't have to do it on asphalt or something, and I don't want to wear out the knees or something. Mm-hmm. So I'll do a lot of, um, like, cardio that's just kind of in place that I'm not, like, you know, wearing out the joints. Bro, if you want to come or all, I promise I don't have the coronavirus. Oh yeah, <laughs> me and my me and my sister we we film on the videos and we'll have like we'll start you know start showing her something what we're gonna film and we'll start like just battling through the positions and things and like tweaking stuff out and she moves different than a lot of other people and I'm like I can't do this because you always smash my foot right here but other people it's like they don't stop here on my foot because she knows how to place her body to keep her safe. And some people, just, they don't have that placement, if you, know what I'm, if you know what I mean. It's like they know you can't get to the position, so they'll lay on this part of your body so you just can't get there. Mm-hmm. She knows those things because she knows what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's like I'm sure that you guys train together so much. It just gets to be like that, you know, where mm-hmm. – you you kind of you kind of know each other's bag, and if you keep rolling with each other, uh, it stays that way. It seems like. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's um, I've got I've, I have rolled a few times though, recently. Have you? Yeah, and I mean most most people I've been talking to have. It's just always cautiously like. Uh, I've even trained with Roland a couple of times. He's the my doctor uh, guy that's been coming in. Judo, oh, yeah. white belt. Uh-huh. He is awesome. But uh, we, we just wore masks both times. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought about doing like a um, like a video that's where we just have masks on. And I've also had a couple of other ideas for videos. That, um, but sometimes I, I think about putting those out and I'm like, man, I'm – it's kind of like your your time stamping the videos because when you always look back and you see that video, you always know when it was filmed and it's kind of like dated. I don't know. It's just something like I think about when you do music, if you put or you film certain TV shows and you put certain things in those and they're always dated because of what you put in there. Like when you talk about Corona, everybody knows it was mid-Corona. And when you look back at it, that's all you're going to think about. You lose focus on what the video is actually about because of that timestamp overwhelms everything. That's just an art perspective, I guess. I can see that. 
I could see that. I like look at it too, kind of this way. Like I used to be like, um, with like us changing locations, I wouldn't want like old videos on the YouTube or something. Oh, like I, yeah. I wasn't really YouTubing then though, like I, like I am now. But like now we have like 500 videos from the last location, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but I just recently on an older channel pulled down a whole bunch of videos that I'll throw on our current YouTube. So like I kind of like building that timestamped legacy sort of archive in different uh -huh. places. It's like Facebook's different. Obviously have pictures and posts and stuff like that. But uh -huh. um, and now we're doing pretty much any video like any video I've been doing uh, for the podcast, for the YouTube, we, we just do it the same way. I just schedule and premiere it in YouTube, Facebook, and the audio hosted this all at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that's something I need to get used to. It's just like, I'll upload the videos just when I want to put them out. And I forget I can like go in there and premiere the video. So I'll have like, how much space video takes up on your phone or your hard drive. Oh, yeah. so I have stuff left, just left on there that I need to like get off the hard drive and put on and back in storage. Man, I think I have seven podcasts scheduled between for over the next week. And then I've got another seven that are done and edited and are coming out. So like oh, yeah. coming out every weekday for like the next two weeks currently. And they have enough scheduled to go through the end of the month. But um, that is, I have to kind of have like a pretty structured method on uploads and deletes and edits and everything because I'm doing such a high volume like that. So that's hard. It's hard for me because I had a week, you know, in my podcast where I've done like three people like almost every other day or something. And it tears me up not to release the episode. It's like I can I can record one and I'll have one more that I do and release the other one and have maybe two in the hole. And I'm like, I'm putting this out now. I'm just putting it out two days later. I don't care if I'm, you know, supposed to be three weeks, four weeks between episodes. I just get so excited. It's like yeah. I can't sit on them. I'm going to try and do this, man. And I mean... This is a, this is a goal. I don't know. Like I've had different goals. Uh, but I mean, I want to put out, I want to get to where I have one episode a day come out Monday through Friday. On podcast? Yeah. Like, so like I'm getting, I'm getting enough in the hopper to where I should, and I don't do them on the weekends, but I mean, there's some days like uh, yesterday I did two, mm -hmm. the day before I did two. Next Thursday, I'm doing two. Next Monday, I'm doing two. So there's days like that where I do back-to-back -back casts, and it's um, it's it's the upload process allows me to kind of get that backlog of content. Mm hmm I I like that. Um, I and I know the type of podcast that you do, and to do that every day is um, this is a challenge. Cause it's not like you're, it's not like a 20 minute type of thing. It's not like a 15, 20 minute type of thing where you just hit one subject and you're gone. It's like when we talk to people where I may do the span of like 
since they were born and up until that moment and what they're doing in the future. And uh, some of yours are the same, but some of yours hit like the different topics between jujitsu, history, and people that you work with. Dude, I've had several podcasts go over three hours. Yeah. That's a long time to talk to somebody. Oh, for sure. And in the moment, it just, you know, the hour goes by pretty fast because I, I try and keep it around the hour. And part of that reason is because, um, you know, people's listening attention and sometimes it's your guest, um, their time, how much time do they have? An hour is a very good, like um, all of the ones I've been doing and why that's why I'm cranking out so many. But here's the thing, man, I'm going to have some people. I just like another thing is like I've been doing so many is like people are not busy right now. And also doing these video casts, like I didn't have to be like, hey, Chris, will you drive to Russellville and sit down at my podcast table and talk to me about the coronavirus (laughs) or, or whatever, man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I like this i like this format um it's it's a little bit of a it's it's a different like i said anything that you change you know you change your way of thinking it, the thought process is different because i think of video is like we need to be in the same room to videotape but audio recording is just like i can i can i can we can be halfway around the world and talk to each other but when you talk about doing this, this is like something that you remember when you first start watching Star Trek or something? Yeah, this is the future, <laughs> man. And I like how fast it arrived. I've been joking around like everybody became a Zoom expert overnight. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I saw some meme that was talking about like um, uh, who, who put out the coronavirus and it was like, well, Zoom, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Like the, the but, most logical conspiracy theory. Who's benefiting the most? These yeah. people. <laughs> what, what, wasn't that Nate? I don't remember who put it oh, out. Okay. It, it was funny. I saw it circulate. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I do the we – do, we've done some Zooms for our school, and I've done Zoom with my uh, first form. We do some coaching calls and everything, and – um recently we've gone to them more than facebook but i've done like our a lot of smaller group calls on these where we have like we had like 15 20 people on the call and some of the workouts now they even put on zoom so everybody can like work out together yeah man um i'll tell you who's been putting out some great stuff right now um other than daniel o'brien that dude's been putting out some killer workouts like at home stuff but Mm -hmm. um Greg Nelson. Oh, we were talking about him the other day. Dude. I still hadn't had a chance to look him up. Oh, yeah, bro. It's so good. So good. But just like shadow boxing stuff. That's like, yeah, that's why we were talking about it. Uh, yeah, yeah you put, you've been putting out some good content too, man. I, ha- I put out some shadow boxing videos. I've got a couple I still need to edit. And mm-hmm. put out. But um, I've been putting out a lot of shadow boxing content as well. And that's one thing that I'm like, I'm just trying to find the positive in everything. It's like, oh, well, our school in general, after this, on the other side of this, due to the efforts of myself and many others who are rising to the occasion of finding something to do during the downtime. Yeah. So boxing is going to be a much more refined and more integrated part of what we do. It's going to be, it's going to have more to it. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. going to be, it's evolved for me. Yeah, and that's that's one of the 
I mean, I, I look at that as one of the foundations as like any martial art. I mean, me too. Yeah, solo and, movement. And I'll, and I'll have shadow box for years. Yeah. And that's, that's what was like, when I didn't have a gym or if I, you know, I wasn't able to get to like, when I started martial arts, I think I had my black belt, Taekwondo black belt then. And I wasn't able to get into the gym because of my work schedule. And the only time I had to work out was like after work. So a lot of my things were words to the shadow boxing or hitting the bag or anything or doing the kata, you know, so there's a lot of things I actually had to do myself because I don't, I don't think a lot of people actually prog progress the way they want to and they, until they start working those things out of class. Like some people can go to class like three, four times a week, or maybe they're in the gym six out of the seven days. And they're always like, well, I'm not progressing. Like I think I, I want to. That's because they don't spend time like in front of the mirror or doing the drills themselves to evaluate themselves. It's always with other people. Yeah, man, that's, man, we have a bunch of mirrors in the, well, three in the main room uh, mm -hmm. where the, where the jujitsu and kickboxing mat is. Uh, and it is, uh, it's nice having those mirrors. Like the other day, Tim and I did this big workout, um, that I posted about uh, the tennis ball drill. I stole that from that Daniel O'Brien guy. But uh, then, then afterwards we were doing, I was showing him that drill that you uh, put out, uh, with the scrapes, the jab, cross, jab, or jab, cross, cross, depending on. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, and then, but dude, Tim's a high level boxer, bro. Like he's uh -huh. good. And we have been shadow boxing our ass off together doing all these different drills. Uh, but, and he did the, these couple of these workouts with me where that we did a bunch of shadow boxing, but he was just, uh -huh. like, he was struggling with that when he's like, Whoa, what is this? Cause he just hadn't seen it or thought about it. It's like this other one we do. If you look on my YouTube channel for the gym, the fit Simmons switch. Have you seen that? I think so. Isn't that the one you talked about, like what Anderson Silva did, like the switch as you go forwards and backwards? That's what I call a swing step. The fifth seven oh, okay. is where you can do like a jab and then like another jab, but a switch step in between them. So it's similar to what you were showing. You go jab, jab, but it's a southpaw cross. Okay. Yeah. I did see that one. Yeah. I've got a video on it on our channel. I learned it from Mark Barber. Um, oh yeah, that's a that's this guy. Yeah, <laughs> the little caricature. Yeah, um, I guess his I think his name was Bob Fitzsimmons. He was a real, a real life boxer. We put him on a shirt one time as a character. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I've seen that. Any Irish dude, I guess. So, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'd have to look into the, to the history. Yeah, I've got a lot of books in my queue to yeah. um, on boxing that I want to uh, listen to, that I will listen to. But, man, I've been doing a lot of uh, reading for my classes uh, and having to have a lot of time occupied with that. But I've still been listening to a lot of books. Uh, like the audio? Audio book? Yeah, I've done 42 this year. Wow. I saw your book list, and I didn't – I just – I don't know. I have, I have this book, the Beastie Boys book. Oh, <laughs> hey, 
Nice. You know what book I just got was uh, Flea's autobiography. Really? Yeah, I didn't it, know he had one. It, it just came out, and it's read by him. Hmm. Now, I've, I've listened to, um, uh, shoot, Dan Hardy. I've listened to his. Uh, he had one come out, I think, like three or four years ago. Talks about his MMA career starting out and goes all the way up to where he sold um, – on some kind of race where he sells the oceans around the world or something. And that's, that's a pretty intent. What'd you say? You think he's ever going to fight again? Uh, he could, and he's talked about it. And I thought he was on the verge of it before all of this, because he was back in the gym and showed himself training and he was, he was sparring and he was with, uh, I can't remember which coach he was with, but it's on his YouTube channel that he's been training with and hitting mitts a lot. And he's, he's in shape and he's growing his mohawk out. <laughs> Didn't he like come by Dardanelle one time and see you, dude? Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, um, it was him and his girlfriend was touring like across the U S and I think it was right after the, I think it was right after the GSP fight, but it was after one of his bigger, bigger fights. Um, and he wanted to take some time off. So he was driving across country. And um, I followed him on Twitter, and I was at work, and I saw his tweet. He said something about Little Rock and being in Arkansas. And I saw another tweet, and I was thinking, man, he's coming this way. So I hit him up and um, asked him if you want to meet up or whatever, and he said he was going to stop in Russellville. I'm like, all right, I'll meet you over there. And I'm like, after that, I was like, Twitter's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, we we probably talked for a half hour or so. Um, you know, it's not like you're going to get a chance to, like, talk to the dude again at that time anyway. Exactly, man. I got to get more spontaneous with some of the – with recording. I need to just record more stuff just for – just to get the footage and sort through it later. Like, um, because, I mean – Imagine having all of that documented other than just, oh, a picture, yeah. than just a picture. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. Not to, I can't remember. I think I did. I think I took one of my cards and had him sign a card. But at, at the moment, it was just like, I just got to get over here and be there in time. And like we pulled up in the parking lot at the same time. Um, but he was, he was real cool to talk to. Talk to about martial arts and this and that. Uh, spit out a few jokes about Koscheck, or I did. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, so we had some laughs. So it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Did you um, did you happen to see? I know you said you wasn't that big a uh, uh, Bernardo Faria. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't have any of his uh, de uh, instructionals or anything. Mm -hmm. Have you seen the video of him and Josh Koscheck rolling? No. Is it good? Uh, it could be better. But um, I was expecting, like, intense grappling session, but it was only, like, one round that I found on YouTube, and it's more of – it's just watching the video, you don't know the backstory or anything that's going on because it's just, like, them rolling, and that's it. It seems like Josh, you can tell he has more of that MMA style, and he tried to stay out of some of the areas that he knew Fari uh, was better at. So it's um, it's it's interesting because Faria tries to pull guard 
or he's comfortable with being on the ground, but Cost didn't want it. Yeah, Kostek wants to wrestle, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, he just wanted to wrestle him or stand back up. He didn't exactly want to be on the ground. And uh, you know how gym rolls go. You can maintain for five minutes or five, six minutes, even ten minutes against somebody and be still kind of aggressive but mostly defensive. But if there's no time limits on your role, then what do you do? You just defend yourself for an infinite amount of time or do you actually uh, attack the other person? You do play differently, for sure. And and I think a high-level jiu-jitsu guy like that, like Faria playing with – he's probably going to play it differently too, you know, Mm -hmm. long game style. Oh, yeah. He was he was on the hunt down. <laughs> oh, he was trying to put him away. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it was more of an offensive and defensive battle. But I mean, I don't know. It's just it's those things in the moment because I've had those days. Hey, it's like when I came down and me and Myrick rolled. You know, I would a lot of times I don't go into a roll looking to attack somebody, but I felt him like aggressively attacking me and I'm like man I, I'm gonna have to go strictly on defensive and to get back to where I need to be because I feel like he's gonna be better here and if I push it he may have a surprise for me so I'm gonna go back to where I want to be dude uh Myrick will really push the pace on you man he mm-hmm. he is there to work yeah and he he's I think at the time he was 260 and I was 170. <laughs> I think Justin's down lower 200s now. Is he? Yeah, 220 uh, at least. I want to say he might even have gotten down close to 205, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Because I, I, I rolled with him after Woods and after Motley. <laughs> and I was like, shoot, now I have the big dude at the end of class. And I'm already tired. I was already wore out before class. <laughs> For real. Yeah. And there's a lot of big guys that come to that new class. Mm-hmm. Large mammals. Yeah. I have um, I have a lot of guys in my class are 200 plus. And I, it's it's totally made me more confident in wrestling heavier people. It's something I, I don't prefer to do. If I walk into the gym, it's not like I'm looking for the big dude to wrestle with. But it's um, made me better in a lot of areas is knowing how – I need to move in the areas I need to play from. Because I used to get with like guys like Aaron Morris and try and play my normal game. And it's like, you're not, I'm not going to do that against a bigger guy from those areas. Speak of the devil, dude. Aaron Morris is doing a private lesson with me on Friday. Is he? Yeah. Right. He's getting back in. He came over and hung out yesterday. Um, we're going to do a podcast here pretty soon. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It was great seeing him, too. I took it. We, we're just hanging out, bullshitting, and then we went and checked out the gym, uh, the new gym. So it's mm-hmm. awesome, man. I, I like seeing guys like that because I remember when he first came into class, and I watched a lot of or met a lot of your people when they, you know, first started out. And I was still a white belt, but I had a few years in, and they're thinking I'm just, you know, you know, maybe have a few months like them. And I'm like, ah, no, not really. I'm still a white belt. I'm still learning, but um. It's interesting to see where they started and the things that they couldn't do and how much of a transition that they made and how much better they were. Like, even like five, six months down the road when I roll with them, I'm like, man, you turn it up. <laughs> it is, man. It's awesome to see growth 
in any in any uh set like man like i feel that same pride with like my students uh in history class or you know i mean it's just uh i i feel it a lot of different in a lot of different areas uh -huh. which which history classes are you teaching uh man i teach us one um civ one uh us two and civ two i haven't done a us two section i'm just kind of saving it for last to teach arkansas history so mm -hmm. that's the class i'm taking now is arkansas history and really it's, yeah it's i've never been a history person i've always done real like really bad at history but um uh, i think i got an a in the class but it's more of the i think it's more of the professor because if they tell things like a story i can i can follow along really well and he does a good job of that but i've had some professors like when i first started college this just felt like they were rambling and before I know it, they're talking about something about the U.S. and they jump back to England and they're back and forth and mentioning so many different people. And I'm like, ah, there's too many King Louis for me to keep up with. <laughs> Bro, there's actually not a lot of King Louis, okay? Okay. The, we, really start, <laughs> we really start after Henry the Fourth with Louis the Thirteenth, okay? And he's not <laughs> relevant. He's the king from the first three Musketeers. <laughs> Yeah, when I was just out of high school, it seemed overwhelming. <laughs> it is. They can be. I try. I like. I get what you're saying. So, like for example, yesterday I did this narrative lecture for Arkansas history about this dude from Plummerville named mm -hmm. John Clayton, who was assassinated in an act of political violence following Reconstruction. It was like um, 1886 to 1892. Was a a real turbulent period and it was all narrative man it was a story yeah and then i'm gonna do a lecture after this podcast today that's like let's talk about the railroads from the 1870s until the 1920s mm -hmm. you know it's this real general overview and i don't and then it's like after we talk about the railroads we're going to talk about uh urbanization and after that we're you know so it's like it's like a theme and then sort of a chronological and then a different theme but you're back at the beginning of the, the chronology and that confuses a lot of people man even uh like i don't i don't necessarily like it that way but that is a common it's just like jujitsu man it's a common way people do narratives yeah it'd be like us being like hey yeah, guard, you know, I can sweep you to mountain, and from there I can take your back and put you in an arm bar, and when you do this, I do that. <laughs> or it can be like, here are all my options from guard. Yeah. So, uh, it's kind of compartmentalized. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's just different ways of looking at history. and But as a historian, uh, I prefer what you're saying, man. It's like, look, there's only this many Louis that you need to worry about. Yeah, Louis Thirteenth, whatever, but it's really the 13th through the 16th all you need to know and that's a long period of time uh -huh. you know? so um but i really like a narrative format oh yeah 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 well right on dude well uh bro let's go ahead and uh wrap it up man i appreciate uh you coming on this is like what our third podcast together i think I think so, because I've done a couple with you and you've done one with me. I've been on yours too, yeah. 
Have, yeah. you had, have you had any good guests recently you want to go ahead and plug your podcast for listeners to check out? Oh, yeah. Let me, let me scroll over so I'll make a, sure I get them right. I just um, finished one uh, last week with the guy. His, uh, his name is Nick Santos. He's a police officer up in, in Illinois. But uh, we talk, and he's, um, he's trained with Mark Fiore. And, um, yeah, back in the day with Hughes and all, all the, the heavy hitters, uh, he comes from that area, and I got a chance to interview him, and we talk about his um, – he started like a, I guess, a petition or uh, what you would call it to, like, start re-reforming the way they do defensive tactics in law enforcement in that state, and they're going to put it through, like, the, the government and have it voted on so it becomes, like, a part of the standard, like, for jujitsu and the Gracie things, because he's – He's taken the Gracie classes and he's passed those. And he's, I mean, this dude's done martial arts for a long time. He's fought pro MMA and a lot of different things. And if you follow his Instagram, it's LEO, Law Enforcement Officer Combat Fitness. And he puts up videos and he trains with a lot of his officers. And he shows, you know, full mount, takedowns, how to use a wall. Um, I've sent him videos to challenge him, like on, um, weapons retention and it's um it's cool to have somebody out like that just leading the law enforcement and saying this is where we need to be we need to be learning this stuff on the ground not how to stick our thumbs in people's necks and then hit them with the club <laughs> i mean dude mcmillan's a big proponent of that too that's mm -hmm. um one thing i'll be talking with daniel o'brien about when he comes on the podcast is um his instructor, Johnny Lee Smith, um, he is big time. He's the, uh, I think it's called GST. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with that program, GST? No. It, it's a hand-to-hand, -hand and it's just a, it's a big program, but it's, it's law enforcement training, but they have a lot of different, they have these manuals. Daniel Bryan's at UK in the manuals. Um, oh but it's 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 like what you're talking about and he not only has um that in alabama he has contracts around in numerous states like mcmillan's brought him in oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that, uh, well I, I had him last two episodes i had uh tommy berryhill on you may not be familiar with him he's a yale county guy uh, mm -hmm. but he's on the quorum court over there at yale county interviewed him he had a he's got a a, a cool story because he had a stroke a few years back and like the um, early response of the um, ambulance Yale County and um, being sent to, to the hospital after that the way they took care of him he's got a remarkable story just you know before the stroke and, and after and how the, the things that he went through that and being you know a member of the quorum court is um, is a really good story because I worked with him uh, fire department, police department over there for years. And he's always been somebody that's like, uh, bailed me out a few times. <laughs> well, uh, what is the name of your podcast, Chris? And where can people uh, find it? It's called the, the Mega Talks podcast. Um, you can find it on um, iTunes. Is I got a YouTube channel. It's pretty much audio on the YouTube. I got some videos on there. Got the, some of the older episodes to go along with the uh, the people's story. And 
I think I'm still on Stitcher. I know I'm on Spotify and there's one other, I think it's Google play, but, um, and Podbean, uh, you can catch it there. A lot of people are on Podbean that I really didn't expect to be there. When I tell people about the podcast, they're already on Podbean and I'm like, hmm. just like people are already on here. And it's, um, I didn't figure a lot of people would know about Podbean. Yeah, I mean, I you're the one who told me about it, and that's what I ended up posting on. I mean, I, it it works out well, and they distribute it to Apple Podcasts and elsewhere, so it works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right on, bro. Um, some episodes I got coming up. I got Chris Carlino coming on Monday. Oh, uh, nice. I got Jeff Woods coming on Monday. We're going to break down some jiu-jitsu matches. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. Omar French is coming on Tuesday. That'd be interesting. Um, we got Daniel O'Brien and Keith Owen Thursday. I'm having another uh, podcaster, a couple of uh, friends of mine, uh, Liz and Kara. They have a podcast called Farside Chats. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken, like murder mysteries and stuff like that, right? Really? So, uh, yeah, I'm going to bring up this uh, incident of John Clayton when they're uh, this, that one I was just talking to you about, Arkansas. Uh-huh. Um, I've been talking to Alan Shade and Clay Mayfield um, about a time to come on as well. So, um, but man, yeah, I got some cool podcasts scheduled. Another guy, Mitch Lerner, a historian. Um, he's like an expert on Asian relations and Korean relations, U.S. diplomatic relations with Korea. So he and Woods went to like PhD school together. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. It will, man. I'm excited about it because we just did a uh, podcast last week on the Pueblo incident. Um, it's like the it's like the first, it's like the opening gun of 1968, which was like a, a horrible year. So um, it, it was like we had this spy ship uh, taken by the Koreans. They still have it. North Korea still has it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that guy's like an expert. He like wrote the histor- the history on that topic. So he's coming on the show. So that's gonna be cool. Hmm. I didn't, I haven't heard that. Yeah, well, well, we'll listen to the podcast Thurman and I just did. It's yeah. good. It's a good podcast. So, um, but right on, bro. Uh, it's good talking to you, Chris. Um, give me a shot anytime, man. I'll talk to you. Oh soon. yeah. Well, we'll have to hook it up and do the. Um, I got a subject I want to. Pick your brain on. <laughs> what man just hit me up, bro? Yeah, one that we talk about in class sometime. For sure. Maybe it needs to be a future podcast. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, bro, just I'll, hit me. I'll hit you up, though. For sure, man. I'll talk to you about it. Take it easy, bro. All right. Later.